Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, Danny Kelly joined us as always. Mm. And uh, we took a look at all the Premier League games this weekend. Um, what else did we do today? Oh, we had some clips of the week. Pewter from 2004. Yeah, fun. Uh, took you back. We had a bit of a chat, didn't we? We did. We talked a little bit about the North London derby, of course. And, yeah, uh, you uh, you got Chelsea's in touch. You had some policy. you had some humourable material for us in the worlds of cricket and fashion. So I think that should do. You hear it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. Come on, have your say. <laughs> well, <laughs> look, yeah, because Danny's going to come on and he'll be, mm. we'll probably be repeating ourselves. But, uh, yeah, and uh, Arsenal played very, very well yesterday. Great performance uh, by no, them. It's depressing, isn't it? Yeah, I, mean, look, I wasn't surprised to see they were a very good team. I did sit here on Friday say whatever Tottenham do in that game, they'll probably do it from a position of being 2-0 down. And it wasn't a massive surprise. I think mm. it, it didn't make me a sage. I think a lot of Tottenham fans would have seen the very familiar pattern this slavish adherence to picking a system when you haven't really got the players to play it was a game crying out for three in midfield from Tottenham's point of view to essentially match up with Arsenal uh, not in terms of the confidence of those midfield players but in the numbers and uh, sure enough uh, we, we played the same old system we always play and uh, and got our backsides kicked I mean I don't quite buy into the idea that they were so much better in the second half. They were allowed to be better in the second half. We've seen it in a lot of games with Tottenham. When you're 2-0 down, obviously, if you're the visiting side, you're going to drop deeper. You're mm. going to get let the other team have some of the ball and think you can maybe nick one on the break, which threw in Kettier, they nearly did. Yeah, Tottenham had shots and they were there was a bit more about them second half. But Arsenal didn't need to get on the front foot. Had they needed to... They probably proved in the first half they could have done. So it's not enough to be giving good sides, as we showed against Newcastle, two goal starts. You can't do it. The thing about Conte that drives me crazy is he doesn't change it. We're all there at half-time and people are saying, I saw Tom Rennie who occasionally pops mm. on the station whether he was working there. He said, what do you think? I said, nothing will happen. He won't change anything to about 65, 70 minutes. Richarlison was gagging to get on. He kept looking at the mm. bench, kept saying, give me, like, give me 20 minutes, which they finally did. But, um, yeah, it was another very frustrating day. And, you know, Arsenal were a great side. They're great to watch. I was very impressed with Zinchenko. And obviously, a tale of two keepers, as you were saying. Uh, we've got one that, that frightens the life out of us as fans, and I'm guessing defenders now, that's always likely to throw one in. Two home games in a row where he's given pretty... Uh, 
key goals away. And um, I think that's key, that goals change yeah, games. Yeah, they do, they you do. Know, uh, Sonny had a great chance at 1-0. Yeah. 1-1, if Spurs had scored, the stadium would have come alive. Could have been a different game. Rams now saves it. There's two big saves. I mean, most of the ones, quite a lot of them you'd expect him to make. But mm. the, the one from Sonny with his legs and the one from Sessegnon with his legs are huge saves. You know, with 10 minutes, Arsenal hadn't got themselves going second half because, mm. again, they hadn't needed to. Tottenham scored with six, seven minutes left. It could have been slightly different. They could have somehow nicked yeah, a point, for, they could have. although they wouldn't have deserved it. Um, and also, uh, all that nonsense that went on at the end, this nitwit, they're going to find him and I'm sure they'll ban him for life. He's going to get and he's probably going to end up, well, much more than that. I would imagine mm. he'll be prosecuted because that was a sore. Yeah, and, an you know, you've got to take your beating, not just as fans, because it was interesting. Ramsdale said, I was having a little bit of banter, effectively, with some fans behind the goal, and I gave a bit back at the end. And they said they took, he said practically all of them took it in a sportsman like way because that's the way it is. You give it and you take it. And then at the end, we used to see Wrighty do it. Uh, Thierry Omri used to do it. Tottenham players have done it. Rafa van der Vaart, we scored a goal, went right behind the goal, shushing the crowd. So all players do that to opposing fans. Mm. So you've got to take your beating. And again, Richarlison, he's just come back and he's putting his hand in and he's taking the moral high ground about winding up the crowd. <laughs> you would bet your life if we'd won 2-0 at yeah. the Emirates, he would have been right in front of their fans of kissing the badge and giving it to them. So Absolutely. That's take, a bit like take your beating and feed off it, which is what teams should do. It's a bit like yesterday, Palace, you know, they wasted a lot of time until Chelsea scored. And then after they were complaining about time-wasting with Chelsea, you think, well, come on, you can't have it both ways. It was very funny, though, uh, yesterday. Uh, Chelsea, a lot of people are concerned about their buying policy, a lot of the journalists have pointed yeah. out, you know, that we'll it's have a very, talk about very that, yeah. scattergun and all this. It is. But I got a big laugh when I shouted... Put your checkbook away, bowling. <laughs> first time it's ever been first, first time it's ever been, been shared at a chairman. <laughs> Oi, put your checkbook away. What's the matter with you? The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Time then to look back over the Premier League weekend. We will cover all games this weekend uh, in the company, as always, of Danny Kelly. We do that, of course, with our good friends at Car Finance 24-7. Hi, Danny. Well, I can't hear Danny. Ooh, is it got, me? We oh. lost Danny. I know I'm deaf in one ear, but that's No, me. I can't hear Danny. He's there. He is there. Hello, Danny. Hello there. How oh, are you? we've got you. Yeah. We've Marvelous. got you, Marvellous. Somebody, somebody put their elbow on a button there. You yeah, know I that. think they probably did. <laughs> well, I've, I've had a brief say. I could I could do an hour on it, but I won't because it'll bore everybody. But um, you have the, you have the great pleasure of having your own podcast to do that on, to vent. Oh. I don't. I have, a, I have a very small window. But we are going to start... Um, at uh, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium for the North London derby. As I said, uh, feel free, Danny, uh, off your long run. What do you make of it? Paul, Paul, you say I'm lucky enough to have the podcast, and bless it, I've just done it. But I've also got two shows, including this one, on Talk Sports Day. So (laughs) last I was thinking, hang on. You've got to talk about this defeat on three separate platforms today. Uh, first of all, let me let me express my disappointment. I'm, I haven't been bought by Chelsea yet. Seems no. unbelievable. <laughs> Give it time. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, it is I'm only still, twenty uh, past one. <laughs> I'm still on the market. Uh, bought by Todd Bowley. Uh, Paul, look, uh, I, I, I listened, of course, to what you said in the first ten minutes there, and all of it is true. The problem. Um, and I'm going to give you a problem and a solution, or at least a ray of hope. The problem for Spurs at the moment is that last night, before in preparation for this, for kickoff tonight, for the podcast I do. I started to write down Spurs' problems, from tiny personnel problems hmm. to strategic problems. I got into the mid-30s and I stopped my own mental health. <laughs> oh I said, no way, I'm not going to do this anymore. Um, but look at Arsenal, look at Manchester United, hmm. look at Napoli. 
I could give you three more, four more examples. Look at how quickly things can be turned around. Mm. If everybody at a football club pulls in the same direction, if the manager who is appointed wants to be there um, and has bought into the horrible word, the project, mm. if the players are inspired by the manager, these things are all solvable. I mean, otherwise, you, you, Paul, you've known me long enough to know there was a spell in the late 80s where I stopped going to Spurs for three years because it was driving me mad. Now, I genuinely believe, as you say, you've got to take victory and defeat um, with, in the same spirit. The sun always rises. For the supporters of the losing club, the sun comes up the next day. Hmm. Um, but Spurs have got a lot of problems there, and it, all of it revolves around the manager who is part-time, a caretaker. Why would player X run through... Brick wall, why for a person who isn't committed to the club as they hope to be? Mm. He's, he's, he's not a man for self-reflection, is he, Antonio Conte? I, I don't, I don't think I've ever heard him say, nor has he probably ever said, "Look, I'm the manager. I pick the team. I choose the he tactics." He's got a massive ego. So That's the buck stops. The buck stops with me. I've never heard him say. I don't know what the Italian is for the buck stops with me, but I don't think he's ever said it. He tends. He comes out. Even yesterday, he was made a very odd press conference afterwards where he was saying, "Well, we bang yes. the goalkeeper." Blah blah blah. Not Look, at all. I don't. I don't. I don't mind him, Paul. I don't mind him. Excuse me for jumping. I yeah. don't mind him backing the goalkeeper. Players, public, all the rest of it. Hmm. But coming out and saying that was a, that was a really good performance. Oh, yeah. sorry, not a really a good performance. Come off it, man. Don't try and pull the wall over our eyes. We've been watching the game too long. We pay too much to watch the game for to be to, to be fed literally nonsense and be expected to lap it up like some kind of pet. Yeah. No way. I think Arsenal, though, they are excellent. There's no question about that as much as it Absolutely. irritates me to say it. It's terrible. Some of my notes are unreadable. <laughs> but that's not the point. I'm just bitter. But they are a very, very good side. But I do think that it's in their favour that Liverpool and City are battle-worn and it's very interesting to note that the three teams really doing well are three teams with impetus and momentum. That's Arsenal, Newcastle and United with new impetus. Whereas I think those two other teams, Chelsea obviously in ridiculous transition and because of Abramovich and all that stuff, so they, you write them off. But, you know, that's, that's a big difference. I mean, City just look mentally tired, Liverpool mentally tired because they've had this battle for the last two years between them. Where, you know, they've been so much better than everybody else, but they've been, you know, going at it full bore. And I think that's affected them. It, it means that Arsenal really have got it to themselves. You'd be amazed if they don't win the title from here. Um, well, they are now favourites with the bookmakers, which is usually a good indicator. Um, I think you're right that uh, Chelsea, sorry, Manchester City in particular, d didn't realise what it took out of them to even try and head Liverpool off of any one of the four passes uh, last season. And Liverpool. I mean, there's never been a season like it, has there, in terms of what they almost won, what they did win, but also the mental disappointment, particularly, I think, of the Champions League. Um, it's, it's, they're human beings. They are human beings. Um, and, I'm, and, I, and I mean that about Jurgen Klopp as well. And the way he's responding in press conferences, there are loads of differences, and you don't want to be doing what gets described as lazy journalism, but his mm. press conferences are starting to re re be very similar and Andy Purcell will no doubt tell you this, to his press conferences when finally the effort of keeping Dortmund on the unstoppable coattails of Bayern Munich um, crushed him down. He's a great manager. He's a very mm. good man. Um, but he looks like he's also struggling with just the 
the, the endless need to keep on fighting with Manchester City. Just before we leave the, uh, the Tottenham situation, um, it's quite a fundamental in what you said about if everybody pulls together. You've got this difference in philosophy between they've taken on a manager who want, who's, who's jammed today and it's not the way that this board works. So, you know, he would love Tottenham to sign Casemiro, a player like that, for 60 million quid, a 30-year-old. That's never going to happen. You're not going to get ready-made players. So that's quite a fundamental issue between an ownership with one approach and a manager with another. So I don't know how you square that circle, Chelsea, Well, Chelsea, Chelsea are a win-today club have signed a project manager Spurs are a project club who've signed a win today <laughs> yeah, manager the difference is Todd Bowley did it after two weeks of inexperience Levy's had 20 years to work this out <laughs> yeah um, and we're no closer to getting there he is a square peg in a round hole and I wouldn't be buying players on his recommendation if no. he's not going to be there and that is the issue facing him in January anyway more more on that let's move on then mm. as you hear the music that means it's time to move on although we pushed our luck ah. a bit there the producer tells us it's the music you hear in the Oscars <laughs> when they want to clear the stage Newcastle 1 <laughs> Fulham Nil. I was watching this uh, most of the last half hour in the bowels of the of the Spurs stadium, and it was a fairly bonkers last half hour, wasn't it, Danny? Yeah, it was. I mean, first of all, again, Newcastle <coughs> showing what can be done very quickly in football. These five-year projects are a thing of the past. You're either moving forward or you're moving backwards in modern football, particularly in the competitive competitive arena of the Premier League. But of course, uh, again, he, uh, you know, he's my favourite non-Spurs player. In fact, this week he's my favourite player, Mitrovic. Um, has ever has any player ever had a wider spectrum of performance from absolute comedy numpty <laughs> to fantastic footballer? Mm. And if you if you said to me at the start of the week, and instead what a weekend it was for the Premier League. Take the North London derby out, which I can't stand. Um, loads of amazing football results. Everything they want. Big teams threatened with relegation. Mm. Two of them in the bottom three. Um, huge derbies. It was a brilliant weekend. Um, but if you'd said to me, one player will have a goal disallowed that will be critical in the game because he'll hit the penalty twice, the right foot, then left foot. <laughs> I, was, I said, hang on, Mitrovic, yes? Um, and, of, and of course it was Mitrovic. And of course... The course where Newcastle are going, because they're in one of those surreal runs of form that teams get into, of course they scored late on with an expensively acquired reserve forward. I think, though, that, you know, we all hope, and I'm a big fan of Howard Webber. I think he's done a great job in mm-hmm. America. He's a, he was a great ref, but I hope it does improve, because so far, I just don't get how they couldn't give the penalty for the first one. It was a penalty. What is wrong yeah, with Dan Burns? What are they looking yeah, at? Yeah. Dan Burns, lucky, like, gets away with a lot of those. And that was a penalty. You know, they should have had two penalties. So, although Newcastle had all the chances and probably deserved to win the game, Fulham can feel a bit hard done by. Yeah, there's no, there's no deserve in football, is it? It's what you get. And, yeah, I suppose uh, that's true. Uh, yeah, um, the, and uh, I'm glad you mentioned Howard Webb there because um, his reputation is huge. Obviously, the problems are big as well because you've got entrenched interests now um, in protecting the referees from the mistakes of VAR and protecting VAR from the mistakes of the referees. They're not going to go back. They're not going to go back to ground zero with it and say it's actually been a failed experiment, which is what it is. Mm. Um, So Howard Webb is going to have to somehow, um, like Frankenstein, of course, the scientist, not the monster, um, (laughs) is going to have to somehow stitch together bits and pieces of this mess that he's inherited to try and improve the the product for the players and us, the spectators. You know, you, you mentioned that that penalty, which was obvious, the Rashford thing, which was a disgrace. Yeah, um, and yeah, Howard has, I don't know what he's going to do. I think he may just have to lay the law down 
and say, we are not, whatever IFAB say, whatever FIFA say, we are not going to give ridiculous decisions and we are not going to give letter of the law offside, which any person with a brain in their head could see is wrong. Yeah, now, how you, how, you, how you implement that, I don't know, but that's, that's why he's getting paid the big bucks. That's uh, true. Just as a, as a PS to that, yeah. know, it's very interesting, the women's game, the Chelsea-Arsenal game, Emma Hayes calling for VAR after the game. And even Leanne, I was listening to our commentary, on the way through, Leanne Sanderson calling for it. Because, it's, it's a, of course, they can't because it can't be in every ground. But, you know, it's a difficult one. So you get a decision like that, which Arsenal get a penalty for one that was outside the box. You know, and people go, where's the VAR in women's football? Yeah, so it, you've got you know, game, you've got, and it's the same whenever somebody gets sawn off in the championship. We need to have VAR. So when you've got it, you don't really want it. When you haven't got it, you want it. That's so about it. <laughs> more well, on that well, shortly. Well, well, well the, the difference, Paul, very quickly, yeah. I hear the music. The difference is those of us who experience VAR yeah. know now yeah. that this world is slightly better without it. No, absolutely very, very true. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Chelsea 1, Crystal Palace. Nil. Andy, uh, you witnessed uh, this one, of course. Unlike Todd Bowley, we don't need to spend too much on this game. (laughs) (laughs) This week we are mostly keeping Potter... A nice tribute to Luca Vialli, which was lovely. Yeah, good. Um, Mudrick didn't look at all happy. <laughs> yeah, well, it's because he I, thought I he was going to my agent. Thought he was going to <laughs> Arsenal. What am I doing? Chelsea, you say, Stamford <clears throat> Bridge. You seem to be yeah, much closer um, to the West End than I imagine. <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah. And Kukurea, I mean, how bad must he be that when Hall, who had a decent game, but not, he's still learning. He's a kid, mm. but you know, more progressive than Kukurea. When he got cramp and he had to come off, he brought on Kulabali. How bad is at that? Left back. At left back. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So that says everything. I mean, yeah, and that's earth. Potter who can get a game out of him. Yeah, I don't know what's it. happened very to him. Strange. He's about a third of the player he was. And he's worked out, Danny, that Chelsea have even a couple of them on loan and one of them to come in. Twelve players for the three, three forward positions. positions. Yeah. Twelve players. Um, somebody on on Twitter who give me uh, has done the exercise. Chelsea have forty-one players wow. uh, under contract who have played for the first team. Yeah, I'm um, surprised. Extraordinary, extraordinary. I mean. You know, it is an amazing football club, but my disappointment not being signed by them in the last couple of hours yeah, yeah. is doubled by the fact that Andy, you absolutely promised us last week they wouldn't win another game this season. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't think they would. You they promised it. Really, yeah, it didn't really look like it, did it? Well, <laughs> Kepa, Kepa, Kepa was doing his best to keep you in it. He yeah, proved he you wrong, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, look, it could have easily been a draw. Palace were a little bit unlucky, no question. What do you make of Palace, Andy? Yeah, you know, like a lot of teams, they're a bit like, you know, it was a sort of real mid-table battle, really. <laughs> between, you know, but I, I personally, look... I, I've written this season off, and there's no question, it is a transition. What happened to Chelsea it was a massive thing to lose yeah. the owner and to lose the people. And Bowley, you know, he, he's made mistakes. He's clearly made mistakes. He clearly shouldn't have been the director of football. He's clearly bought players he shouldn't have bought. Yeah. And it's going to take time to sort it out. And, you know, hopefully, and the biggest thing they need to do is sort out a medical department that actually well, Danny, keeps the players on the Danny, if you're aware of this, Andy was telling me on the medical department, apparently, of people that top... Bodie knew from his music business days, and uh, they work with rock bands mainly. So a lot of a lot of repetitive strain fighters. injuries for drummers. I, mean, I know Dave Grohl's uh, out for the season, yeah, but the thing is, Dave yeah, Grohl wants to come back for the last that, few games. That's mostly extreme hangover cures, yeah. isn't it? If you're, if you're <laughs> yeah, prob- the doctor of a rock band, probably is. My final word: If you've got eleven in first team injuries, you need to look at what's going on, either with pitches, yeah. either with training, either whatever. It's not right. Yeah, it's pushing all those you, flight cases around. That's what the problem is. They're putting up those you, lighting rigs. 
Do you think that Mudrick's, uh, Mudrick's slightly um, uh, discontented face was because he still got uh, got some pain from his Arsenal tattoo healing? Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, I mean, absolutely. You long know. sleeve or short sleeve, Michaela? Yeah, you know. Or definitely long, 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 definitely long no. sleeve. Why buy, Gabriel Martinelli why buy something you don't need? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the point. Why buy something that you don't need? Massive when, cannon on his right yeah, arm. Exactly. What a lovely well, idea. You know, when you're we, actually we, desperate for a central midfielder like Fernandez, you know, somebody like that, which would be, make much more sense. But, you know, all these long contracts, it's all about financial fair play, yeah. isn't it? And eight and a half year. Imagine that. Nice eight and a half year mm. contract, boys. Anyway, we move, we'll move on. on. Uh, Brentford 2, Bournemouth nil, And this also featured another mm. bit of crackpot officialdom, oh, of course. It made me angry, even though it was for yeah. Brentford. I just think, what is wrong with these people? How can you not? It's like you've never seen a game of football. If you thought that was a penalty with Ivan Tony, it's like you've never watched football before Six in your life. Six of one, half a dozen of the other. Clearly hooked his arm. Clearly brought him down. Clearly it wasn't a penalty. I don't know what they're thinking. Well, you know, it, it, it's a wrestling move. Uh, I mean, of course, you all know that I'm an expert on judo as well. Um, it, it, it's a wrestling move that forwards have learned to do, and the referees normally, um, with their palm up facing towards the sky, tell them to get up and get on with the game. When he gave it, I mean, it was bewildering to me. How can you, as you say, how can you be around football all your adult life uh, and, and, see, and see that as a penalty? Um, having said that, of course, it's a very form result, isn't it? Because I applied to Bournemouth what is now officially known at Company's House, the Danny Kelly relegation litmus <laughs> test, which is, which is if, if, you, if their players were, were prepared to, to go to another club, at the end of the season, how many Bournemouth players would be bought by a club in the bottom half of the Premier League? And the answer is none. Mm, I, um, I think Solanke's looked quite good. I've, I've got a lot of time um, for him, I, but I know what you mean. Yeah, I, th- I think I think they're a, they're a squad that does not inspire confidence that you're going to stay in the Premier League, and mm. we we know that the manager had his his moment in the sun. I don't want to criticise him because I think it's just not a quality enough football squad staying mm. in that league. No, I agree. Um, uh, the importance, uh, some interesting stats, the importance of Ivan Tony to uh, Brentford. And let's be honest, they could be facing uh, a bit of time without him. Uh, he's yeah. been directly involved in 33 goals in 50 Premier League appearances for Brentford. 25 goals, 8 assists, the most by an English player in their first 50 top flight games. Oh, yeah. He's going to be tough to replace, isn't he? You know, if, you know, with what's hanging over and we know about that. And you know, Otherwise, I would have said you know, Chelsea would have been much better buying him than Mudrick. That's what yeah. they need. Probably not at the moment no, until the things moment, are yeah. sorted out. Um, OK, Ham. we move on to Wolves 1... West Ham nil and uh, yeah not happy times uh, at I was going to say yeah. Upton Park they'd probably be a lot happier Upton Park at the London yeah. Stadium um, yes if our old mate were. Tom Rennie uh, is a mm. West Ham fan he says that last 38 games in the Premier League 11 wins 21 losses 6 draws 39 points in 38 games Fulham the only team in the top half beaten in that time two of the wins are against Norwich relegation form relegation football played on a huge budget he says it's not, it doesn't make it doesn't make great reading from David Moy's point of view. You can't you can't add much to that because it, because it all makes perfect sense. If you open your window now, I know it's quite chilly today. Uh, you will hear the alarm bells ringing in East London because mm. um, that result um, against a team who you know they've appointed a proper manager now and they're, they're on on an upward curve. But I did, I mean I got you got to be honest, haven't we? At the start of the season, I, I proclaimed, as I said to you before on here, this is the best squad of players West Ham have ever had, so what mm. is going on there? Similar um, thing to City and, and Liverpool, though, I think. They've had two very long, very hard seasons, West Ham, where they've performed above expectations, and they just look mentally 
again that but sort of thing. One way you get around that is by freshening up the squad, and they've done yeah. that. They spent quite a lot or of money freshening to f- up the manager. Well, I mean, That's the yeah, other thing you can do. yeah, man. But you, you know, you would based on what they did last year, you wouldn't have sacked the manager at the start no, of, of the season, probably. Absolutely and you, they backed him, as you'd imagine, because they got yep. the semi final of a European competition. So, but it's it's not happening, is it? I mean, you, you, uh, and it's human nature, isn't it? Things things didn't start well in the season. So as a hu- as a human being, David Moyes has fallen back on the things he knows, which means you don't play the players that you've brought into fashion up the squad. Scamacher sits there on the substitute bench. Um, and it, it, it just, it's a pattern you see with, t- with teams where, you know, it's, it's not David Moyes' fault, but in the end, the only solution will be to change the leader of the group. Because you can't change the group. I mean, it's a cliche. No. It's truth, isn't it? You can't it change true. the group. I, I did like this, though. The least surprising stat of the week. Portuguese players have now scored 10 of Wolves' 12 Premier League goals this season. Get out of town. Who, who, <laughs> who, who are the other two, for goodness sake? Well, <laughs> they've really let the side down, haven't they? And yeah. I love Adama Traor in his usual January shop window role. <laughs> Available now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But Barcelona, one, you're going again. Give it another try. It might be different this time. Um, we move on to uh, Forest 2, Leicester, nil. And fair play to Ooh. Steve Cooper. Especially as you say, at home, they are doing rather well. Um, good performance by them at the weekend. And they're sort of pulling clear. It's hard to believe here we yeah, are. No. What are they, five points outside the, the bottom three now? 13th, the heady heights are 13th. And um, yeah, Gibbs White, what a tremendous performance. Yeah. What a wonderful Brennan Johnson looking, looking the part as well. Fabulous. And he's yeah, got to come into Gareth thinking, I think, Gibbs White. He's a really top player. Well, again, you know, they they had that mad transfer window in the summer. But if you employ the Danny Kelly relegation litmus test, there are loads of players there who would be in Premier League squads, should say Nottingham Forest get dissolved into thin air for whatever reason hmm. or relegated. Um, and Steve Cooper is a, 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 a bright man who, you know, eventually he had to find, the, he's got to find a combination of those players. And he seems to have done that now. And people saying, oh, well, they're getting good results at home. That's all you need to do to stay up. You need to win about half, you know, half of your home games, and you'll gather up the points to stay up. Yeah, and really they're looking true. much more like it. Leicester, of course, um, I'm, I'm going to use a word that I don't usually use in relation to football. They're becalmed, aren't they? As a mm. club, they're becalmed. There's nothing wrong with them. I don't suppose they're going to get relegated, but they they appear to me to be in a state of almost stasis. They just can't move forward. Mm. Perhaps from their great achievements of the past, maybe the owners no longer. We know that they suffered terribly during mm. the, the the pandemic because they they work it they, they make their money out of airports, mm. um, but there just seems to be an absolute state of inertia there. And I wonder how long. No manager ever leaves a job voluntarily these days, but Brendan Rodgers, given all that he's achieved in the game, must be thinking, "What am I doing mm, yeah, here?" Because he do they're, they're he going be nowhere. Yeah. And Craig's no, in, can I just say yeah, though, sorry. no Madison, no Leicester. No, he's, he's no. there. Reese James. Yeah, the team to have up. these key players, and without him, because they had that lovely little run before the World Cup came, yeah. and then. Yeah. Without him, since yeah. then they've been, and cracks Danny appearing in that relations, that brilliant relationship between the fans and the ownership. I mean, the, the, the sort of tragedy around the death of the owner, his son taking over, but a couple of banners in the crowd the other day, um, and it, you'd hate that to go toxic. But the worse it gets, that's that's likely. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I don't know a lot of Leicester fans, but they they're starting to get. Uh, not 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 angry and toxic particularly, but they are uh, impa- impatient now. Sad, mm. I guess, is the word I'd use about 
the they'll always they'll always have that triumph. I mean, and, and it'll it'll echo down. And, and they won the FA history. Cup as well. Let's yeah, they, they had chances in that game to go one up, but they didn't take. Them. No, yeah. Harvey Barnes, two great chances, yeah, yeah. wasn't it? Well, he's um, a really fine player, Barnes, isn't yeah, he? They didn't take yeah. his, and and Johnson took his. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Still four games to look at from the Premier League this weekend with Danny Kelly. We move on to Everton 1, Southampton 2, yes. And now that was a toxic atmosphere mm. at uh, Goodison after another defeat. The big shot for me, the big takeaway for me, Danny, as a Tottenham fan, I'm sure you felt the same way, was to see a direct free kick used as a weapon against the opposition, not an excuse to hit either uh, an opposition player in the face or the bloke sitting in row Z behind the goal. I've never... What are these direct oh, yeah, free kicks of which you speak? You're talking about... A, for, the, he's the, a master. He's an yeah. absolute master. <laughs> he is. Um, he, he's, the, he's the Janinho, the Leon Janinho uh, of, of this. And, and, and to be fair, he's also, for James Madison, read James Ward, Prowse because Southampton um, I mean they've struggled for several seasons now but uh, while they've got him they've got every chance Um, a a really really good player and and yes direct free kicks um, it isn't just Spurs, though. It's, it's, it's kind of a lost art, Paul. Um, mm. Ever since people started putting in the old um, draft excluder, I think it's driven, uh, driven the forward players mad now. They just they just think it's a comedy or something. Mm. Um, but you don't see them very, very often. But he is really good at them, James Ward-Prowse. But the Everton thing, I mean, a, a, third of a, a third of a million pounds spent and you look at this, the side they put out, where, where are they going to score goals from? Um, and then you look at the bench and you think, where's all that money gone? What is what is that squad? Yeah. Um, extraordinary. They went 1-0 up. They had chances. And, but I do think, mm. I was looking at Pickford, I think he'll be playing somewhere else next season. I might say the same thing about James Ward-Prowse as well. Yeah. The, but, uh, the the problem is that Everton would like to bring in a couple of players. And it must be difficult when, you know, those viral clips of... Yeah, I mean, getting out of his car and, and others being chased down the road. Oh, yeah, that's kind of if, you're an, if you're a player and you're thinking, oh, 
do I fancy that at the moment? Are there any other options? Mm. And, you know, it's difficult. It's going to be a difficult sell for Frank Lambert to try and bring people that's in. That's what they should tell Mudrick. You could have gone to Everton, mate. That looks so yeah. miserable. <laughs> yeah, cheer up. But I think, cheer uh, up, you know, again, Anthony Gordon, I mean, what a stupid free kick to give away when you've got Ward Prowse in the opposition. It was really a daft challenge. Yeah, it was, it was a dumb challenge. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very difficult to sort of try and see a way through that. Mm, at the no, moment. It's, it's a complete hard. mess with a ball keeping away from games. It's pretty desperate. Uh, as was, of course, from Liverpool's point of view, not a great weekend mm. for the Merseyside Giants. Uh, Brighton 3, Liverpool nil. And not a massive surprise. You looked at that before the game. The scoreline maybe, but not the outcome, Danny. I think most of us were feeling, yeah, Brighton can definitely get something out of that at the moment, the way they're playing at home. It is funny, isn't it? The way um, a team that was so fantastic the last couple of years, it's not unravelling, but it's starting to look its age and all the rest of it. And I mean that in terms of games played, as Andy was saying, rather than the physical age of the players. And it's always, it's often odd, isn't it? That, you know, those of us who are well informed, but essentially amateur pundits, you don't, you don't always know what's going on in teams. The loss of Sadio Mane, huge. Um, can see the, see the attacking loss of it, but he also led the press. He was their press trigger. Mm. He was the one who said, who, whose positioning told the other ten players, are we going to fall back and defend our halfway line, or are we going to press these? And they, they, I mean, you know, remember the Gagan pressing and all the rest of it. For a person who is not almost the inventor of this way of playing, Klopp has lost his leader on the pitch in that department. And people criticise Liverpool's midfield, but the real victims of this are their defence now, mm. who are often left exposed. I mean, there's no excuse for Trent Alexander-Arnold now. He's not a kid anymore. To watch him walking back after the towards his own goal when the second goal went in. You've got to do better than that, my friend. But generally, I feel sorry for Liverpool's defenders now, who who are caught between the, the very high line and not and no press. It's very strange watching them. And Brighton, of course, are a very good football team, who of course are going to exploit that. Yeah, they're more clinical under De Zerbi, aren't they? They're more attacking. They seem to take their chances better. Perhaps he'll be the new Chelsea manager. Yeah, it won't be long. Yeah, you have him by oh. the end of the season. Um, um, seriously, they, 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 yeah. they're, they're doing very, very well. Yeah. The worrying thing from a Liverpool point of view is that Jurgen Klopp's normally pretty spiky after a defeat and he, you know, he'll have a pop at a, a journalist or something. None of that. He looked slightly broken. For the first time, he looked like he didn't have any answers, really. As I say, uh, it's, that, that behaviour is a slight echo of his latter days at Dortmund. Ask Andy about it. He'll tell you. We discussed it in, uh, in at length with Kevin Hatchard on, on Trans Europe Express last night. Uh, the, the, some of the, Many of the problems are different. He doesn't have... Um, the problem of Bayern Munich taking all his best players. But he does have the problem that if you slip 5% the Premier League, people come zooming past you. It, I mean, that's why it's so it's such a brilliant league, because mm. it's so cruel. You cannot afford to have a day off because people will just devour you. And yeah. Brighton, I mean, the, the, unlike the other game, you know, when Everton had their chances, there was only one win in that game. Brighton oh, ate them alive, didn't they? Yeah, yeah they didn't create Let, much. Let's move on to the Manchester derby. It's been a lot of talk about. We are going to have a chat with Mark Halsey later on. We did touch on that decision earlier on that we all feel whatever yeah. the rights and wrongs, wrongs of the uh, of the laws was appalling. Um, but purely, the, the other big debate out of this, and you see it, you know, whisper it if you dare, are Manchester City a better team without Erling Haaland? Well, I think Wrighty's we, analysis on Match of the Day yeah, is excellent. I thought, I mean, the amount of runs he made and they didn't find him. I mean, clearly, it's not like the guy's hiding or something. They've just got, a, they've got, a, you know, you've got a player that good, a striker that good, and it is all about putting the ball in the net ultimately, not tapping it around midfield for three quarters of an hour so make it work that's his job as the coach isn't it and those players to, to make sure they do the job and find him 
Yeah, I, 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 he has disrupted their pattern, um, but he has rewarded them with with you know almost thirty goals halfway through the season. Let's not forget that. Um, the, the issue seems to be away from home, where for some reason they cannot quite get the motor running. Um, I think they've, they've scored very, very. I mean, the last in the in the in the middle quarter of the season that we've had so far, they've scored very few goals away from home. Um, I thought, for what it's worth, I thought the game itself was of very high quality. Mm. Both sides moved the ball, as you'd expect with with the amount of money to be spent on these players. But both sides played really, really well. Um, and in the end, it came down to a terrible refereeing decision and the fact that City are no longer absolutely invulnerable away from home. No, I think that's absolutely right. And uh, you, just, you know when the opposition manager thinks it isn't a goal, you know that the rules or the laws are wrong. I mean, Ten Hag knew. Yeah. He said that. I'd be annoyed if that happened to us. I bet he would. And Darren Cairns, a brilliant linesman, and I think he was 100% right. It was interesting to see Henry yeah. Winter supporting Although, him today. Uh, Darren Cairns only would have put that flag up thinking Rashford had got a touch because he knows in law, however muddle-headed the law mm-hmm. is, he knows in law that that is technically a goal if Rashford doesn't touch it. Doesn't make it right. As the pub landlord would say, it doesn't make it right. It's just the way things are. But it's not the way they should be. Um, let's. Um, At last, Al Murray gets an appearance yeah, on this show. Of yeah, course. very good. Let's move on to our final game then, all the way back to Friday night. Oh, yeah, didn't see Aston much Villa 2, Leeds 1. And I don't know if you noticed, uh, the big takeaway from this game for me was Unai Emery's jacket. Oh yeah, it had puffer sleeves. I oh, mentioned, really? I mentioned, I mentioned this last week to oh. Andy in his, in his role as uh, Carnaby Street Ah, proprietor. so it's the same jacket, right? So yes, I, oh, it's, I see. Ha- it's half, it's half a pea coat. I think people were car coat yes. and half a puffer jacket. It oh, is. It's got, mind it's got the kind of puffer sleeves you have on mm. someone who was a falconer. Do you know? <laughs> yeah. what? It looks like at any point he's going to start waving a piece of meat on the touchline. And the pigeons a, at Villa Park. A hawk will land on his arm. <laughs> well, he looks like he was in the local camping shop and they said well we've got these coats <laughs> yeah. um, which, which which look like donkey jackets and these ones which are traditional puffer jackets and I can't make my mind up could you not be up one which is a combination of both and, and that's what they've done if, if anybody knows who uh, is this a Peter Storm we see before us um, if, if you could try and clear up who's making yeah, this know. who's making this um, well, it's like a, like a bench coat puffer it's a buffer. Yeah. Is that, I mean, what is it? I don't I've know. I've never heard of it. Um, if you can tell us who makes this fine garment, please let us know. We're all desperate to know. But yeah, um, it was interesting. Jesse Marsh said he was happy with it. He thought it was one of the was best performances best yeah. of the season. I mean, they got a little late consolation through Bamford, but. Um, I, I, I watched it. I mean, they were, they were extra, as, as energetic as you would expect Leeds to be. Um, but an Aston Villa team, and again, example to clubs who are struggling. If you get a good manager in, you can turn these things around very, very quickly. I mean, these are two roughly equivalent sides, you'd guess. Villa probably spent a few more bob, but uh, Leeds were incredibly energetic. Um, but already, um, Unai Emery has put a, a level of know-how into the Aston Villa team that uh, they absorbed Leeds' energy and won the game. Uh, as simple as that. Good manager, knows what he's doing. Decent players, he, you know. Tyrone Mings looks like a centre half again now, but he was he was just <laughs> floundering around, wasn't <laughs> That's he? True. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. The Talksport clips of the week. Well, not really. Uh, they were the clips of the week in August two thousand and four. <laughs> Uh, this is because as we mentioned before we bring you clips of the week <coughs> right, clips of the week pewter on a Monday we dust off uh, some old clips from uh, back in the day so they're not gold 
They're pewter. They're, they're not being curated. As they went out back in August 2004, producers pulled them all together. First time we've heard them since. So um, I'm sure the quality's solid, if not gold. Uh, we thought they were solid. good enough in 2004. Why should we change yeah, our mind now? Maybe we've, we've set the bar a bit higher. I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't but anyway, have. why don't you kick <laughs> us off, Andy? We start off with breakfast show host Alan Brazil looking ahead to the rest of the programme. Now, coming up, <coughs> excuse me, in the next hour, we'll talk to Tom, or just before nine o'clock, Frank Lampard Sr. We'll talk to Hank, 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 yeah. <laughs> Sticking with Big Alan, uh, alongside Graham Beecroft, running us through the permutations. Let me go through it again. The winner of each group goes through the second best second place teams uh, and the host qualify automatically. The second best second place teams are determined by the results against first, third, fourth, fifth and sixth place teams in the same group. The, le- the rest, the other sec- uh, sorry, six second place teams are drawn against each other in a home and away playoff. Yeah. Yeah. Really clear that up, yeah. <laughs> Go on, Beaky. Come back at him and tell him what so he said. Confusing. You bet you can't. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get the news now. The Foreign Secretary Jack Straw says the government's very sympathetic to the request. The final decision will depend on the results of a British military reconnaissance, reconnaissance, reconnaissance mission. Oh, yeah. Good old, uh, old renaissance there <laughs> under Jack Straw. Uh, back to Big Al talking about the legendary Sir Jeff Hurst. Um, obviously, Sir Jeff, uh, I don't know if he's been uh, taken out of context, but he said, you know, th- this would never have happened in, in, in your day, his day with Sir Ralph. Good old, Ralph. Good old Sir Ralph Ramsey. Yeah, Scooby-Doo's favourite England manager. Yeah. Stay with Alan. This time talking cricket. Now, coming up uh, in the next hour, Shane Warne has taken his, uh, brilliant this is, 533rd wicket to snatch the world record from uh, Morali. Oh, Morali, yeah. Morali, oh. Alan did eventually end up talking to uh, Warne's legendary old cricket coach, Terry Jenner. Oh, yes. But somehow I don't think he'll be joining Nasser and Ian Ward on Sky Cricket anytime soon. In terms of coaching, Terry, you know, what, what, how do you coach someone like that? Um, is it with a bat or, you know, obviously we know him as a fantastic spin bowler, but is it, you know, do, do, do you get, do, you know, does he spend a lot of time in the nets with a bat? Why, why, it's a bowler. <laughs> I just the idea that Terry Jenner stood over Warney with a bat. And yeah. So if he bowled badly, clapped him around the back of the head. <laughs> I anyway, remember that clip. It's very yeah, funny. Uh, over to uh, racing expert Derek Tomo Thompson now. I went to see him in the uh, saddling boxes beforehand. He's a lovely horse. He just stood there. And uh, when I said, are you going to win, Miss Red, being the talking horse, his <laughs> owner, who was holding him, said, yes. <laughs> and it came over on TV as if the horse was doing the talking. But... Yeah, yeah I'd love better to on TV that. than radio, though, really, that. Tom. But never mind. I'll nick that for TV. Burt back in the, in the, the day. There, uh, this is Alan and Beaky again. And say what you like about them, but above all else, they're company men. I uh, listen to classic FM very, very, very occasionally. Uh, right, uh, let's go back. Else on, let's go back to football. <laughs> I, I don't mind a bit of classic now and again. Yeah, yeah normally one till four in the <laughs> afternoon. That's your favourite. That was his. In the afternoon, I love a bit of classic. Yeah, cheers, Al. Thanks, mate. <laughs> uh, noted French expert Mickey Quinn now, him of the Fox Pairs, of course, using another French phrase with Andy Townsend. She hasn't been playing terrible at no. all. But uh, again, Rude Hullet has come back and, and he's, he's had a little. Po- at the time, he regarded Shearer as a better noir. A bitter what? Better noir. What's that mean? Bad apple. 
Okay, <laughs> it does. <laughs> a better, a better noir there. Beautiful. Um, where were we? He's uh, the bad apple of the family. Yes. Yeah, go on. Uh, back to Alan again with some very localised and specific travel news. If you're coming down that A12, it sounds horrendous now. Take the A120 Colchester, take that one to them 11. Or if you're past that and you can't get back, take, get any chance of the 414. That'll take you to the M11 as well, down into London. <laughs> Alan was always good for that. Remember, he used to do his M50 very fifty just past no, the A fifty. A fifty. Yeah. Come off the M one. Get the A fifty just past Stalk. <laughs> and then they built the toll road, and that completely. Re- I think he still took the A fifty. I think he still went that way. Uh, anyway, uh, what we got next? It was uh, a bit local, that wasn't it, from Alan? Yes. But I'm sure he didn't labour the point any more than that. Oh, by the way, you can come off, take the first turn off uh, to Brentwood. I'm sure the police won't be too happy with this, and the residents of Brentwood, but come off on that first one where the petrol station is, go through, up through Brentwood, and that'll take you on the M25. I suppose it depends how quickly you're going. If Essex police don't flag you down, they do have something of a reputation. Um, so, and finally, it's another clip uh, that's become a oh, Christmas really? Eve staple. Okay. Oh, it's this one from the, yes, here it is. Yeah, right. uh, this is Ian Collins uh, currently over on uh, on the Talk TV. Uh, uh, yes, taking a call. Daryl is in Nelson. Hello. Yes, Daryl. I was I was to zoo about two years ago and. Um, Amazingly, a ringtail lemur had jumped off its island across the moat. Oh, yeah. Landed on the fence, and I thought, I'll go over and stroke it. My wife said, No, no, I don't near it. It's only a little thing. Yeah. It grabbed hold of my arm, yeah. pulled it out of its socket, no. and flung me into the moat. <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. And then. <laughs> oh, sorry, Daryl, that's hilarious. It yeah. wasn't hilarious for me. <laughs> You were you were wrestled by a monkey. Yeah. How big's a lemur? It's about a foot tall. I mean, all this, all this by its strength. So it pulled you. So, sorry about your arm and the pulled your arm out of its socket. Flung me over the fence into the moat. No way. I'm telling you. Really? What happened then? I won, I won £50,000 conversation with the zoo. Silly record, mate. I'm not sure about the last bit, you know. but it's the beautiful... I was amazed by its strength. It was a beautiful <laughs> delivery. <laughs> there we are. You'll hear that again on Christmas Eve. No doubt. Anyway, dusted down from 2004 for you. Clips of the week, Pewter, and quite an in-depth travel report. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. I'll be back with uh, Charlie Baker uh, tomorrow, and you return on Wednesday. That's correct, yeah. Got a bit of cup, football cup soccer to look forward to. uh, (laughs) Wolves-Liverpool, isn't it? Wolves-Liverpool after that contentious uh, first leg, third round replay. It's uh, a big game for Liverpool, though. certainly is, yeah. yeah, They need need something from that, don't they? So, uh, if you can join us, great. From one, if not, the podcast will be available around four. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4pm on TalkSport. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.